Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I'm glad to be back. We haven't done this for four weeks. Irma got in the way. Uh... I won't bore you with Irma right now, though I'm going to chat about Irma briefly in the middle of my show tonight, but uh, no way of communicating. I left. I ended up in Birmingham, Alabama for 12 days to avoid Irma. I needed my own cell phone here. When I got back, my cell phone wasn't working. My Wi-Fi wasn't working. My computer wasn't working. Thank you, Comcast. Okay, let's get to it. I have a lot to talk about tonight. I want to start uh, with health care, okay? Repeal and replace. Well, it's dead, finally dead, 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 dead. Uh, you know, it needs reformation. It doesn't need repeal and replace. The Social Security started off uh, back in the 30s, and every couple of years they had to do renovations to it. Nothing is perfect, especially uh, Obamacare was not. But it got through, and it's here to stay, and ain't no one going to take it away from the people of the United States. All right, now, so let them go tune up. It's, it's, what's interesting here is that for seven years, the Republicans have promised, we're going to take care of this, we're going to repeal and replace. Now they're in business, they got the White House, they got the House of Representatives, they got the Senate, and they can't get it done. I don't blame Donald Trump. Surprised to hear me say that? I'm sure. I blame him for everything because he's responsible for everything. But in this instance, he's not, okay, uh, except for one reason. This was Congress screwed up on this. He really didn't care what was in the bill. That's what bothered me. He didn't know what, what anything about what was being passed or tried to be passed, etc. He never got into it. He doesn't understand. Part of his job is to understand legislation that's going to come before him. Okay, moving on. Oh, boy. This, now I get into Trump. Stay with me. This thing with the National Football League, you know, bending uh, while the national anthem is being played, etc. And I want to tie this in for the moment with Puerto Rico. Over the weekend, not today, over the weekend, Tom, I'm sorry, Trump mentioned 17 times, okay, uh, that this was unpatriotic, this bending by the football players, un-American, an insult to the flag, an insult to the national anthem, an insult to all the uh, military who fought wars, an insult to the bodies lying in Arlington Cemetery, an insult to the first responders. I don't know who else he added on to that. I don't think any more, but he got in as many as he could. He never talked about Puerto Rico. Now, Puerto Rico's devastated, and I'm going to go in depth on it in a minute. It just sustained... Maria, at Category 5. You can't have a worse hurricane. The week before, it got hit by Irma. Irma that chased me all the way to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, And that was a Category 5. 
Not once did he mention what was happening in Puerto Rico. He forgot. He ignored that Puerto Rico is part of our family. They may not be a state, but they're our territory. There are three and a half million American citizens living in Puerto Rico, and he has ignored them. He sent down $1 billion for Irma. Not enough, but they sent a billion dollars down on uh, the 17th. That's for Irma. He hasn't sent anything for Maria. He hasn't moved his ass. The people have no power. They have no potable water. They're running out of food. Uh, it's a disaster. You can see it on television. But yet he had time to talk about kneeling, okay? But not time to talk about and be concerned with the people of Puerto Rico. Today, today, uh, one of his first statements this morning, his tweeting was, they're so much in debt in Puerto Rico. They owe money to banks. Who the hell cares? That has nothing to do with the price of eggs. They are in trouble physically. They're in danger down there. Sickness, loss of life. And he didn't seem to care. And he's got a lot of balls, excuse the way I say it, and I'm going to tell you why. For a man who owed a lot of money to the banks, remember Atlantic City, two or three casinos went down? Uh, He says, well, he never went bankrupt, but his corporations did. You know, I was a lawyer. for I practiced for 46 years. You incorporate, but it's your corporation, okay? No one else was making the money off of it but Donald Trump. And he burned a lot of banks. He burned Wall Street at the time when these banks went down. And at that time, it was hard for him to get borrow money. And I suspect, and I think this is going to come out with the uh, investigation, the Mueller investigation that's presently going on, he went to Russia to get the money. We're going to see. I think that's what's going to come out. And therein, at that time, started the relationship. Be that as it may, that was a stupid insult, a stupid thing to say. They owe a lot of money to the banks. All right? Now, let me get into this a little deeper here now with Puerto Rico. And I may be a bit repetitious. The governor of Puerto Rico was on Morning Joe this morning. He said we need help. It was pathetic to see the man standing there in the street and almost begging, in effect, for assistance. And he wasn't getting it, and he said he wasn't getting it. He never mentioned Donald Trump. He didn't mention the Congress. He says it's up to Congress to authorize the money. They've got to do it. We need it. Well, let me tell you, by the way, folks, I think we may have another Katrina in the making if something doesn't get done. Then later this afternoon, we had Trump on TV, and he says, oh, I talked with the governor this morning, the governor of Puerto Rico, and he said he was just absolutely pleased with the assistance we were giving, how things were going, and he thanked me. He must have said a half a dozen times, and the governor thanked me for all I was doing. (laughs) I got a feeling these two talked before morning Joe this morning because the governor never mentioned Trump's name. He put it all on Congress to authorize the money, which they have to, but I found that strange at the time. He's not doing anything for our our family. These are our family. These are our people. These are our fellow citizens. Three and a half million of them in Puerto Rico. The governor, the governor, the president has to move his ass and get all those federal programs going, get more FEMA in there. There There's some people in there helping, but nothing 
that should be at this point in time. And if he doesn't hurry up, people are going to start dying. The president's going down next Tuesday to see how things are. Next Tuesday, that's a week from now. And I'll bet you he hands out sandwiches again. You know, big deal. Uh, there's something wrong here, and it shows a callousness and a coldness on the part of the president. Got to say it. Uh, Got to say it. He has failed the people of Puerto Rico. He's failed the people of the Virgin Islands, and they're in the same spot, the same trouble. Now we're going to go to the National Football League and Donald Trump. I want to say respectfully, our president's crazy. I mean this. I've been saying this, and I'm not the only one. You see a lot of people saying it on TV, off TV. There's something wrong with him mentally. He thinks he's George Patton, General George Patton from World War II. you saw him on television recently, over the weekend, I think it was. He, he, he gave a talk, and there was this huge American flag behind him. Uh, it, it reminded me of the start of the movie of Patton, okay? Uh, well, he knocked during that talk, and he has been knocking over the weekend, I think since Friday, owners and players for kneeling or locking arms while the national anthem is played. Now, and... <laughs> He says, in effect, he said in one of his talks, he called them son of a bitches. Can you imagine the president of the United States calling these football players and the owners son of a bitches? You don't do that. (laughs) My God. That's terrific for my grandchildren to hear or watch. You know, wonderful, isn't it? The president of the United States. And he also said he would tell them, you're fired. (laughs) Okay? Uh, This is a man and I say this with all due respect again, lawyer's term when he's going to knock somebody, he neither knows the history of our country nor our Constitution. Our flag, people, this is freedom of expression, freedom of speech. When these football players are kneeling uh, or locking arms, what they're saying is my country is not taking care of my people. We have to stop these shootings of black people by the police. That's how this whole thing started. They aren't saying, I I don't like the United States, I don't like the flag, I don't respect the military or anything like that. In 1989, the Supreme Court of the United States decided Johnson versus the United States. The issue was, was it legal to spit on the flag of the United States? Was it legal to spit on the United States flag? And the court decided decided it was legal. It was freedom of speech. Someone was unhappy with the country, and they have a right to express themselves. Now, I'm not sharing this with you because there's a court decision. I am sharing this with you because the majority decision involved in the majority decision, in accord with the majority decision, was Justice Anton Scalia the most far-to-the-right conservative Supreme Court justice this country has ever known. He died about two years ago, if you recall. Uh, He was idolized. Uh, He he was a good man. I don't agree with how he thought. His thinking was so far to the right, I I couldn't handle it mentally. But he agreed that spitting on the flag was constitutionally protected and proper. It was freedom of expression, freedom of speech. What bothers me about this whole thing, 
because uh, I watch. I talk to people. I have a habit. I, I, I start conversations with people in bars, on the streets, and restaurants. Uh, and I watch what's going on on television. The American public is agreeing with Trump on this issue. They think this is insulting the American flag. This is an insult to the national anthem, to our military. And it shouldn't be allowed, it shouldn't be permitted, it shouldn't be done. And I don't know where the hell the people of the United States are going, but he says these stupid things, they're wrong, and within 24 hours he comes out and says, no, I'm protecting the flag, I'm protecting the country, has nothing to do with freedom of speech, nothing to do with race, I didn't even mention race. And the people buy it. <laughs> I can't understand it. Though I saw on TV tonight, 54% of the American people don't buy what he's saying. I don't agree. Most of the people I've spoken with, and these are Democrats, true and liberals, they're saying, you know, in this instance, I think he's right. Uh, you know, uh, you can do whatever you want. You can say what you want, but you can't insult the flag of the United States. You can insult our national anthem. So screwy situation, but he wins again. He insults the Pope. He gets away with it. He's killing John McCain. You, I don't mean that literally. And I apologize the way I put it, but he's been insulting John McCain this past week. John McCain's the reason for the failure of uh, the uh, repeal uh, of Obamacare. Well, McCain voted his conscience. McCain is probably facing death in the next year, okay? He can vote any way he wants. And I'm going to tell you something else that McCain was willing to die for this country. I don't know if uh, our president ever was. I don't think Trump was ever in the military, and I'd like to know how he avoided it. But be that as it may, McCain was willing to die for this country. Uh, I'm not aware that Trump was willing to die for this country. So don't knock a full-fledged American hero. I want to stay with Trump for a couple of minutes more here. I apologize, but these are issues. These are this week's issues. These are this the last 72 hours issues. Uh, North Korea and the United States. Jung-Yoo and Trump. These are two mentally unstable people. They are in a schoolyard fight. You know, each is standing face-to-face, two bullies. And you hit me, I'm going to hit you. And your mother's no good, your father's no good. Uh, That kind of crap, okay? And these are the leaders of two nations, uh, both of whom have nuclear weapons. Oh, my God. Well, we are now on the brink of a nuclear war. Could be. Don't say not. Because I don't think North Korea wants it. I don't think even Trump wants it for the United States. But... When you got two nuts in a face-off, you never know when someone's going to say the wrong thing that gets misinterpreted, and all of a sudden the missiles are going to fly, okay? Now, many say it won't happen, but again, I worry that an unintentional nuclear war is going to begin. It's going to erupt because one of these nuts is going to not properly read the other at some point in time. This guy's not qualified to be our president. I say it again. I've said it before. 
on this day in history, this is an important day in history. I'm done with, with Trump, by the way. Okay, so you can all sit back and relax. I, I, know, I know you don't all agree with me, and I'm going to hear tomorrow uh, from many of those who don't and some who do. Uh, but I'm all done at the, uh, with him for this evening. I want to talk about John Kennedy and Richard Nixon. On this day in history, in 1960, okay, this country watched. I watched. I sat in my family room with my children on the couch around me and my wife. The kids were only there because it was late and uh, they were they were tired. They had to go to bed. All right, it's not that they were interested in this. I was interested. They debated on television. It was the first television presidential debate and historical moment this day in 1960. I felt sorry for Richard Nixon as I watched the TV screen. By the way, this was all in black and white, and TV screens were probably 8 by 10 at best, the biggest one. No color, black and white. Nixon was sweating. You could see the water pouring off this guy because he was under the hot lights. Kennedy looked cool. (laughs) Kennedy looked terrific. He looked like a movie star. He was John Wayne. Uh, he spoke well, he enunciated well, he smiled, he knew how to gesture with his hands, and he wasn't sweating. And Nixon keeps patting his head with his handkerchief. Uh, It was the beginning of the end, though it was a very, very close election. I I think that had a lot to do with Kennedy winning, uh, because he came out of that debate, uh, the winner definitely on TV. They said Those who listened on the radio thought that Nixon came off better on the radio. Could be. Nixon was a professional debater going all the way back to uh, college. Uh, Nixon didn't prepare for this. Uh, He didn't have, you know, he just went in and he did it. Whereas Kennedy got his Hollywood people together. They told him about lights and kind of makeup you got to wear and what you got to do. So one got ready and the other didn't, and that's why Kennedy looked the better of the two on television. Let me get into these hurricanes here for a bit. I'm going to get into several of them here because hurricanes are important. i, I got to tell you, I've been down here over 20 years. I, uh, I've been here for a few hurricanes and storms, left for others. Uh, this Irma was a pain in the ass, uh, though it wasn't bad right here in Key West. Uh, We missed the bullet by 16 miles. Had Burma hit 16 miles more to the south, all right, we would have been devastated. I would not be sitting in this house. Uh, Had the surge, the surge was only two and a half feet. It came in at low tide. Had it come in in the afternoon at high tide, most of the homes in Key West would have been flooded, all right? So we had a couple of breaks. The storm did hit badly, though, uh, starting in Marathon, coming down to Almorada, Big Pine. Big Pine got slaughtered. When I, I drove through these places on the way back from Birmingham, Alabama, where I escaped to, and to me, it looked like Big Pine, King Kong was there, and he just stomped on all the houses and walked around. I saw cars upside down. I saw boats, you know, on land upside down. I'm laughing. I don't mean to. Uh, I... I think every motel got water damage. Every, all the furniture, mattresses were, were out in the street, on the edge of the street. Someone told me you'll see more refrigerators than anything because refrigerators apparently fly through the air with the greatest of ease. I'm driving through Isle Morada, 
And I look to my right, and there's this big tree on the side of the road. And about 15, 20 feet up, swear to God, is this huge refrigerator laying on its side on two branches of the tree. That's what happened there. And it hit in Kajoki and uh, Sugarloaf, which are only 16, 17 miles north of us here on US-1. Damage, damage, bad damage. I saw whole houses moved. Now, I don't know where they initially were, but I know when they saw them, I saw them, they were sitting someplace sideways or something. Whole houses got moved. No damage to the house. It just moved. Uh, wild. We had little damage for the reasons I gave you. We have a lot of tree damage here. Much tree damage. Much tree damage. Uh, in fact, the debris is still sitting in the street. It's, they're, they're trying to clean every day. It takes forever to clean all this debris up because there's that much trees and leaves and crap that runs 20 feet high in front of people's houses. And it's starting to smell. In fact, it stinks, i got to tell you. Uh, it's a special odor that goes with it. And that's the story of Irma. Now, another hurricane was Andrew, 1992. It was a very narrow hurricane, ripped right through Homestead. Northern, uh, Homestead is between Key, Key Largo and Miami. I drove through Andrew three weeks. I drove through Homestead, rather, three weeks after Andrew hit. I never saw anything like it in my life. There was not a house left standing. Everything was flat. It was like the atomic bomb had been dropped there. Occasionally, very occasionally, one wall standing that was concrete. Uh, these, these hurricanes do big-time damage. Today, you drive through Homestead, it's beautiful. The big, the big hurricane, one of the bigger hurricanes here, was the Labor Day hurricane of 1935, a Category 5 hurricane, biggest in U.S. history up to that time. Uh, they were building U.S. 1. That's when U.S. 1 was being built in 1935. And uh, this all happened between mile markers 73 and 90. By the way, Almorada again. Almorada got leveled in the hurricane of 35. Uh, it was between what is today mile markers again, 73 to 90. 600 men were working on the railroad. They were living in tents. Uh, the hurricane was coming. Uh, the winds were 200 miles per hour. The tides, the surge was 20 feet high. A rescue train was coming down from Miami just as it reached, just as it reached uh, the working men. Those 600 I was mentioning, it was 10 cars and one engine. Uh, the 10 cars were blown off a bridge into the water. Only the engine remained. Uh, the Flagler Railroad got destroyed and would never operate again after that. Of the 600 men, 485 died. That's right, 485 died. There are still survivors, and they're in their 80s and 90s now, and a couple of them have written, and they said the wind was so strong, it ripped the skin off their ears. The wind was so strong, it ripped the skin off their ears and the clothes off their bodies. They went bare-ass for several days, men, women, and some children. Enough of hurricanes, but they're bad stuff, let me tell you. Oh, my God. This her this Irma scared me, or I wouldn't have left down. It was a five coming right at us. We're into killer robots, my friends. Everything's going robots, artificial intelligence. Well, we're going to fight our war soon with only robots. We're going to have these big monster robots, and they're going to meet each other. 
an army of robots on one side, an army of robots on the other, and whoever beats the shit out of the other team wins. Uh, the war. Uh, leading robotic experts, okay, and artificial intelligence leaders uh, are so concerned, because this, let me tell you, this is within 10 years they're anticipating we're going to have killer robots. 10 years. Not for, Think how fast things move now, uh, digitally, electronically, technologically. I mean, think of the steps we've, in the last 10 years alone with a cell phone, it's a computer. That's how fast things move. They are so concerned, leaders in this field, they have urged the United Nations to take action to prevent any further development of killer robots. Uh, they believe that killer robots are a third revolution in warfare. The first was gunpowder, the Chinese. Uh, the second was nuclear weapons, World War II, Japan. And the third now, they say, will be killer robots. They believe it will be worse than an atomic or nuclear uh, weapon, device, bomb. Uh, they believe the robots will open a Pandora's box of problems. Time is of the essence. Uh, and their concern is that using killer robots will permit armed conflict in greater numbers and faster than any other way known to man to date to cause, initiate, or wage war. The experts say, and I quote, we do not have long to act. I'm curious what's going to happen. Chinese are smart people. They come up with all kinds of new things. Now, they're, they're going to get rid of credit cards. <laughs> they're going to get rid of credit cards. They're going to get rid of ATM machines. They're going to get rid of paying with a credit card in the store. Here's how it's going to work. They call it smile to pay and leave. Smile to pay. It's, called, it's facial recognition. You're going to buy something, look in the screen, smile. The screen knows who you are, and it'll charge your account <laughs> or reject you if you don't have enough money in it, just like the card does. But it's going to be facial recognition. Uh, they're testing it right now uh, with a fast food chain in China that has 7,685 outlets. Why are they going to this? Why are they going to smile and pay? They're doing it because this younger generation, they're interested in these new devices and things, and they feel that any store that utilizes Smile to Pay will attract them as consumers, okay? The new technology will attract them as consumers to the stores that have them. So far, uh, in operation, they're being tested in the 7,000 outlets, but one city is actually using them, and I'll probably pronounce it wrong. It's the city of Hangzhou. Hangzhou. Last topic for the evening. Tobacco use was big in this country. I think it's still big in this country, but you know how much it's been knocked down. Everyone smoked. When I got out of law school, everybody smoked. When I was practicing the first 15 years, everybody smoked. And you never minded the smell because everybody smelled of tobacco. Uh, your clothes, your offices, your room started getting dirty. You could see the smoke film, uh, the film, film on the walls. Well, even though we brought it down, tobacco use is big in this country. Now, opiate use, 
opiates, uh, which is killing people faster than anything else in this country. I forget the number of people killed a day. If I said 400, I've said it before, and I think that's the number that are getting are dying every day in this country from uh, the, this drug use. And a recent study, a recent study, I think a Harvard study, showed that more people in the United States are using opiate painkillers than tobacco. Okay, which highlights the tragic epidemic we are facing in our nation. Trump said about four weeks ago that there's no crisis with opiates. He didn't even put it in, want it in the new health care bill, okay, uh, because there's no crisis. Even though, a, even though a special commission he appointed when he became president six, seven months ago came back and said, we're in a crisis situation, you've got to do something, he did not agree with them because he knows everything. I'm sorry, in my notes here, not 400 a day, 140 people a day are dying. All right, that's the story. That's the show for tonight. I am so glad to be back and be chatting with you. Uh, it's wonderful. I, I miss doing this. I'm doing a live video every day. I did that from Birmingham. I, I didn't miss too many shows. You can catch me on Facebook for about three minutes talking about some subject. Uh, I just sit back, put the my cell phone in front of my face and go so it's key west lou live key west lou live i recommend it to you you will enjoy i believe thank you for joining me glad to be with you again look forward to being with you next week with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.